Welcome to the Punnett's Preamble. I'm Simon Zanopoulos. I'll be joined by Adam Blanco and exciting news for our podcast. We've become very professional. We have. We have backing. Unbelievable. From the VRC. That's huge. So backing from a respected organisation. <laughs> Unbelievable. And they are promoting their Lexus Melbourne Cup Tour. Fantastic. Which is uh, it's been around since 2003. The three-handled cup. Do you know how many uh, kilometres the three-handled cup has travelled? <sighs> It's big. racing trivia for you. It is good racing trivia. 900,000 kilometres and 590 destinations it's been around. Spreading the good word of the Melbourne Cup. That is fantastic. We can get around that. Of course we can. And part of the promotion here is that we are reminding people to get to melbournecuptour.com.au yep. to register your interest if you want the three-handled cup to come to you. You should. Well, not you personally, but you know, a club or destination. I don't think you just have it around your house. Oh, mate, go to the website, melbournecuptour.com.au. Are you saying you don't want it at your house? I might actually throw in one. Let's throw in a nomination, <laughs> I reckon. Throw in a nomination and see if we can't get the cup round. Blanco Manor. Yeah. I'll put on a decent bottle of red for that. You put something, smoke it, surely. Yeah, turn the smoker on, decent bottle of red and have the cup around. All right, that's Everyone done. can put on the white gloves and get a photo with the cup. Anyway, on with the podcast. You've had a spring in your step all week, the new market is one of your favourite races around the world. Is the top-rated horse racing in the world this weekend in the new market? Drum roll. It does. Oh, huge win. Well, we haven't checked Japan. Are they racing on Sunday? No, nah, don't worry about We're it. We're not going to check Japan because I want the top-rated horse in the world to be in the new market on Saturday. And he is, and it is Private Eye, the top weight. And he is a great gamble at about 15 to 2, is he not? Yeah. All right, next race. Uh. <laughs> I think the meat of the bones in the market is certainly created by In Secret. She's inside four to one now, which to me is insane. Insane? Yeah. I don't know if it's insane. None of the horses that she ran into last start would be that price. No, but she's none of them. I've seen her race twice this prep. Yeah. And uh, there's not a lot of evidence to say she is much better than them. They've raced twice now. Yeah. No, her form this time in is below her Coolmore, her Coolmore form. Her Coolmore form, she was a good Coolmore winner. Yep. And the record of the Coolmore in this race is unreal. Which is what the market has gravitated towards. Yeah. And so you've got to, how much are we weighing this form, this prep's form, and how much are we weighing that big peak, and how much do we factor in the man pulling the strings who has probably had this race in mind? This is a real Mufasa race. Mufasa's well, the- on the... You know, you got to run in the new market. The new market's one of the big ones. And you know what Mufasa was saying to him? You've got to run in the Lightning. Well, yeah, history, history says, does it not, that you should run in the Lightning as opposed to the Phillies races. So that's my concern with In Secret. Why didn't she go to the Lightning? James is big on his history. He knows which races are the most, I guess you could say, potent in the features. And it's not the Light Fingers and the Surround. It's running against the older horses in the Lightning. I don't think she trolled well going into this preparation she was always going to be aimed at the new market. So the Lightning was always going to be a kickoff point. And then James decided, no, we're going to go the easier route in Sydney. And her two performances this time in have both been well below that of the Coolmore, which makes me even think more that she's not going as well as she was. Yeah, I'm certainly of the opinion that... I'm jumping at shadows, obviously. But yeah, I what mean, else can we do? You're leaning into the idea there that races make horses as opposed to horses make races. Horses make races. So she's... It doesn't really matter what she, you know, 
fitting them into those neat boxes about running in this, this race or that. Well, if you want to blow away all those stats, you just put really fast horses in the races that you can't do the double in and they'll, they'll do the double. She's a really fast horse. But I, I take your, your point about her, her form this time in and maybe he wanted her under his care in Sydney or off the farm at Hawkesbury there. And I suppose what you do here is you – well, I, what I would do and what I'm more inclined to do is to, is to say, well, this is a good fit for her, this race. The new market is a, a nice spot for her. Third up into the new market is a nice spot for her. And her trainer is very good at putting horses in nice spots and getting them to run really, really well. So I don't really – worry too much about how he did it his track record says he does it very well uh but having said that i didn't quite model her in this around her coolmore peak so (laughs) so i say that but then i do have her a tick off i'm I'm more thinking her run to the rose golden rose runs are a better guide well i'm i'm leaning i'm leaning into them as the runs Mm. that are a guide which still i must say betting on spring form is dangerous which is what the market's doing at the moment and yeah, it's statistical inference is dangerous, but we got to we got to um, we got to work with something. I'll throw it at you. You always throw it at me. Why hasn't she run faster in two runs back? That's my biggest concern. Yeah, that's a good question. So the Light Fingers was a really compressed finish, but the they weren't necessarily finishing fast. So that is a that's a really good question about that race. Um, and then you can pretend that the form held up, but it held up only against itself. They're all racing themselves once again the other day and. There was only two horses in the surround that were off different preps and they both got their nostrils right in there in yet another bunch finish. I think that form's okay without thinking it's it's great. Uh, so I think she's, what, a length and a half, two lengths off her Golden Rose Run to the Rose rating. So I think that's very achievable here, as I said, because I think this is a good spot for her third up. So I'm expecting, are you expecting in secret to be better than her second up run here? Better than her surround run in this? Well, she'd want to be. She'd, well, she's winning. She'll have to be, absolutely. But are you where, where are you got it plonked? Where's the expected mark? Is it ahead of those? Because it's got to be, well, I, leading question. It's got to be. What do you got? It's got to be better. In the surround, she got caught on the wrong part of the track, up the inside. So I could concede there's more merit there and it was an improvement on her light fingers run. A lot of people will line up the fact that she went Golden Rose back in trip for the Coolmore, but 35 days and 14 days between runs is very different. So it's the same setup, but it's not, if that makes sense. She'll run better. I'll lose if she wins. Oh, me too. Yeah. yeah. You know, after all that, she spits out much bigger odds on my, my stuff. I'm just always sceptical. I'm sceptical of myself. Mm. Interestingly, Coolmore well, winners in the race are... Over the last this century, anyway, twenty two, so two thousand and one to twenty twenty two, have made up what four point four percent of the field and won four out of those twenty two. So eighteen, so they win at about four times the rate of chance, which you would expect. That's a biased sample. Coolmore winners are good horses. Yeah, like the horses we're talking here. I think we're weak and hustler, Alinghi. They went all right. Sunlight, Sunlight's a good in secret comparison. Mm-hmm. Alinghi was better, and I'd be surprised if in secret's ever as good as Alinghi. But Sunlight's a good comparison. I think. And then Coolmore runners in general win it about six times. So horses that, because there's a few like Lankan Rupee and Scenic, just if, I mean, and this is very loose. This isn't, this isn't going to make any horse faster. But it's interesting that horses that have run in the Coolmore, not even just winners, but horses that have run in it have just this incredible record in the new market. Makes sense to some extent. But how often they've hit the mark is, is kind of incredible. Three-year-olds in the, in the new market is, is pretty dangerous, which is why I'm scared. I'm a little scared because I have a strong opinion away from the three-year-old 
this year and that makes me nervous mm. because I'm sort of flying in the face of what I think in most years I'd be I'd be balls to the wall in secret. Well you would. But I'm not. Mm. Which is an interesting one. <laughs> well Coolmore Day, I tell you she's gonna be third up into the new market. Jamie Carr goes on. Yeah. You're confident, right? Wood is better down to five to two and it'll be fun. Yeah. yeah. But you've got to take your first two runs back. The fact that James didn't run her in the lightning is the big glaring issue for me. Yeah, but we have we don't have to take his opinions from home. We've got form as well. We've seen her on race days. We get a look as well. And it's been okay. It's been okay, but not great. Yeah, I must say. Not at, new market, great. At about the first, when she switched back to the inside yeah, and the surround, hard. and she went through and she put Zugotcha away. I did. I think I even. I think I said, "Ah, oh, good filly." Mm. And then, all, and then it sort of petered out a little bit, and it, she didn't go and run the race that she might have. She didn't quite finish off her good work, but she did move into that with a bit of purpose. Yeah. Like it's not as if she's got. You, again, we said this about a few horses. You can't run that well and not be going quite well. Mm. Like it's not like oh, she's just she's just gone. She's off. She's off. No, you don't run. I mean, she's not at her absolute peak performance in, in either of those runs, but she's not off. You can't run that well. But she hasn't run as well as Private Eye. I suppose there's the yeah. uh, there's the link, isn't it? Yeah. You said to me during the week you haven't been this excited in a while in terms of a betting proposition. You've marked Private Eye favourite. New yeah. markets do get me a little fizzy. Yeah. <laughs> he's 7-1. to one. How keen are you? So, so he's sort of 15-2 to two in places, so 2-17. in 17. This is why, You know, this is why we should never have moved away to dividends instead of odds because when you put it in these terms, 15 to 2, 2 in 17, that does – it's like, oh, well, $8, he's got a lot of weight and blah, blah, blah. 15 to 2, you've got to win 2 in 17 with a horse that good. Keen? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm keen. That's – you could – so you could make – you could make scenarios where he is just way, way more likely than that. He was – wasn't he just – well, his Stradbroke run is a cracker and I reckon it was a turning point. Stiff not to win too. Mm, and he's chasing alligator blood there and – He know, goes all right. That race poured out winners. That was great. That was a good race. I've got a – very warm feeling looking at that Stradbroke. Makes me happy, the big figure on that one. And then he just fronts up, backed, smashes the new market winner, smashes her. She goes on to win the champion sprint. That was first up, Gil Guy. And from that point on, Joe Pride's like back at Joe Pride's mind, just in there behind the widow's peak, is I'm going to win the new market first up with this horse. Yeah. It's, this is happening. They tell me I can't do it, therefore <laughs> I'm going to. Cop this. Terrific in the, in the Everest. And that form... He's fine. Oh, he was awesome all last game till probably over the top in the mile. Yeah. And then stomps on Marzu, who must have some sort of chance here, but I feel like he lacks the – I feel like Marzu is really solid. He could only run top five, and I think he doesn't – if you think of him in Monte Carlo terms, he, he runs – he probably runs top five almost all the time, but doesn't win enough. Lacks a killer punch. He probably does at this level, and he copped a killer punch between the eyes in that winner's stakes, and it was private eye with a – Gave him know, a cold. Ali style left hook, bang, cop this son. Oh, that hurt. So the margin on the line there's what one point two lengths. It's it's, it's convincing. It was yeah. ooh, ooh, hello, and then you know seven days. Okay, you had to go to mile and race flat. You would. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, he's he's just awesome, isn't he? Mm. And then there's the well, Mo- <laughs> how's Moody talking about those quotes about him? You know, well, we're not sure about running. I wish I win with the weight. Now I expect that sort of cowardice from Waller, <laughs> but Moody. He's playing the old one too. Oh, come on. You're not a group one winner. That is ridiculous. He's only won a pop-up race. I mean, who cares about the Golden Eagle? Anyway, horses with 55 and a half or more, or 55 flat or more in the new market, last 10 years. I know that's a small sample, but trust me, this goes over time. So they're 38 of 140 runners. 
which is 27%. Three, I'm sorry, I just had to do a bit of math in my head there. Pause. <laughs> and that's three out of 10 winners, which is 30%. So about 1.1 times. But if we stretch that to place getters, which is what I'd actually done, you get 40%. So you bit a bit more than one and a half times what they would win at random. So there's a positive effect to horses being high in the weights. And you'd expect that because like we were saying with the three-year-olds, you've got to buy a sample. The horses who carry 55 or more are the best horses. But there's evidence, and you'll see this across, that they don't get, the weights are too compressed. So these horses at the top of the weights, they're not, I know that they're literally disadvantaged. They give the edges away to the lightweight horses, but they do so for a reason. And over time, you'll find that those edges aren't quite enough. So there'll be lightweight flyers that win new markets and they'll win it just because of the weights. But, well, I shouldn't say just because of the weights. It's never really just because, is it? We love to think that there's one reason, but it's obviously a, a relationship between several. But anyway, the the bottom line is I wish I win ran like that in the lightning and he's got an obvious new market chance. And to even hint at not running him was... Phew, I had to go for a walk. And then, I've, and then I find out that Wall has taken Zugotcha and gone running scared of a barrier. Oh, cowards. Now the beauty of the I wish I win, well, it's, let's call it a whinge. So last prep, they were angry he wasn't rated high enough to get into the Ripping <laughs> I Club. Know, I know. And then fast forward, now he's rated too high in the new market. You've got to feel for the handicappers at some time. Well, as a general rule, as handicappers and statisticians, horse trainers make great horse trainers. <laughs> <laughs> That's always one of the great rules is if the um, – and factor this into your models for the new market on Saturday. If the trainer complains about the weights, yeah. they're on. Because yeah. they're obviously just trying to dot the I's and cross the T's because everything else is going well and they're worried about, what, half a kilo? Get the hell out of here. Weights and barriers. If that's all they're worried about, you oh. know everything else is humming. I did the say only to things you they can't control. I know. I did say to you as well, my only real niggle, it's not, really, it's not big enough. There's enough edge, I think, in that price that I don't care. But my little niggle with private eye was that he draws two and he's – the Sydney the Sydney crew come down and I reckon this is a theory I've had for a while is that sometimes the visitors get to the straight and start acting like it's not a horse race or it's different. It's not different. It's a race from A to B. So what you do is you point him at the winning post. That's where the money is. And you get him into his flow. You get him flowing. And then from about halfway, you crank him right at that winning post. Just aim at it, crosshairs, and just go bang and win. It's not that hard, but if they go trying to be cute and it's, oh, it's down the straight, we need cover, and we, oh, we need to get to the, we need to tic-tac to the outside. Here's the other thing. I think winners down the stand side are more memorable than the far side, but if you measure this across hundreds of races, there's not really any draw bias at Flemington. No. They win on the far side, they win on the stand side. Flemington's great. You don't, you, everyone remembers the big swooping wins down the stand side and then forgets about the other half of the races, which are one down the other side. Don't worry about it. Just go. It's a straight line. Run. You know, the beauty of it all is that if you put the camera on the other side, he's actually going up the inside. <laughs> do, you, do you remember when <laughs> I think it was David Hayes or someone connected to Red Kirk Warrior suggested that he going from Ascot in England to the July course, he might be better suited going the down the July course straight because it was the Flemington way. I don't even know. It might have been the – maybe I'm being literal and dopey here and it was the funniest joke ever, but I think they said it was deadpan. <laughs> so I got on Google Earth and realised that the Ascot straight is the same way as the Flemington straight and the July course isn't. <laughs> it's the camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. I mean, yeah. Anyway, I th- I actually see and make value on I wish I win at 
bigger than three to one as well. The real value <coughs> is is in the top one, I think. You're a two bet play. I wish I. But I'm pretty top heavy there. Yeah, yeah. But that's get, okay. I like that. And these are races where, um, as I said, new markets oof, get up and about. Mm. Great races and great betting races. Great races. These are the best races in Australia, and it's not close. Yeah. Newmarket, Doncaster, Stradbroke, Coonji. Oh, live for them. They're the big ones. Yeah. That's probably that's your that's your real grand slam, isn't it? If you can win all of those as a jockey, what more do you want? Or as a horse? Should look. Has any horse done that? What a horse it would be! Wow, and that would be something. I'd give Gunstock a fly here, actually. All jokes aside, I think it is a genuine niggle with Private Eye because there is the opinion he's at his best when you get him to the outside. So they're going to be looking. Yeah, for Yeah, get it. him to the outside. It doesn't. It's just on the other side. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I know. That's what I said. It, I, mean, I love Joe Pryor. He's a fantastic oh, trainer, but unreal. it did cross my mind. And I don't think he's too daft. And I actually, Brent Navdal is ripper as well. So no, yeah. coming, hitting it in Morikawa form yeah. and Bendrith form. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I did think it would be, I would really love it if they had have found Damien Lane and lost their phone. Yeah. And it was just left to Damien Lane and his own devices or something. That would be a nice. Scenario, I, would have, I would have preferred Huey, to be honest. Terra Vista styles. Do you remember oh. that, Ryan? That's still one yeah, of the best rides I've seen down the straight. That was brilliant, yeah. Yeah, it's a hell of a race. He had a, he had a lot of horse. Although I think he's so private he's eye. running down a good one. Oh, private eye is actually, you know, I was thinking of oh, Joe Pride down the straight. And I was thinking, oh, I remember it went all pair with Rain Affair, but I forget about Terra Vista who was probably, well, not probably, he was a bit better than private eye, but not dissimilar. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see at the end. Well, I tell you what. Wins I, a new market, wins a TJ. All of a sudden, Uncle Terry's got a bit to find. Mm, well, God, I hope it happens. <laughs> so from something I nervously know about, what I don't know about is earlier on the card, the matron and inspirational girl and the Cerise and White. Johnny Leake Jr., who won, he started this season he, over the winter. He had seven winners on the bounce. He was going seven from seven at one point. Airborne. And then he got this injection of Cerise and White, the best horses in the barn, and they... Well, what do we say? They haven't had that many runners yet, so it's a bit too early to judge. Midnight Blue's been okay. I actually wrote this down. Midnight Blue for JLJ has been two pounds off his best. So that's fine. Yep. Yeah, he's t- he's had two runs in a, in a week, which is interesting, but that's okay. Interesting is fine-ish. Um, but only two pounds off his best. Western Empire, 19 pounds off his best, but only eight pounds off Danny O, Danny O's version of. He's sadly gone the wrong way, Western Empire. Having looked one bound for going very much the right way. That, that railway win was just dynamic and oh. then it never happened again. Yeah. Um, and Superstorm, 28 pounds off his best, but he's just... He sold. He, he was two years through the... Yeah. yeah. So I'm saying in conclu- Well, this is why it's the Dunno. I'm saying in, I'm not saying, wow, they're not going any good for JLJ. The guy was on an absolute heater before they got there. Um, and if Inspirational Girl is on, I haven't got a market, but I... Have my market. Oh, you've got a market. This is professional podcasting at its very best here. Six fifty is a massive price if you think that she's on. It's a it's too big if you think that she's just the spring version. The version that ran second to Mr. Brightside first up in the spring is not a six fifty chance here. No. The version that rounded up Zaki twelve months ago in the blamey is D pods on. Is is not that price. So do we just aggressively bet on those numbers or are we more circumspect? That's why it's the dunno. That is why it's the dunno. For what it's worth, I sort of default to taking her off the first up figure, last preparation, spinning it all around that, randomising it around that and coming up with 
much shorter than six fifty anyway. Yep. But um, <laughs> she could, she could do nothing. She could, she could really do nothing, couldn't she? Yeah. The record of Cerise and White away from Grand Alana is horrendous. My God, it's bad. She wasn't terrible. Yeah, she's, she was okay. She's I'm, probably been one of the better ones away, I would say. She also had her three runs in the spring. She ran pretty well behind Mr. Brightside. The day Mr. Brightside and Craig won the yeah. Pendrith for winning by four and a half. Going too slow. Yeah. So Mr. Brightside was, you know, we smashed her up. But she wasn't expect. she was first up and probably just having a, a poke around. She's not been a first up horse, which is another concern on Saturday. But I thought she was in that joke Turnbull. Yeah, and her sp- I think her splits. I'm going off the top of my head here, but I think her splits were. You know, she, there was something there. She yeah. was in an impossible. I think position. there was enough to them to say, "Well, that was a joke," and she did enough. She did more than enough to say, "Well, to at least say we don't know if she's going poorly." Yep. And then it's a pretty similar scenario, Caulfield Cup, isn't it? It's very jiggy joggy again, and she's first go mile and a half, and it's kind of inconclusive. She, she's good, Dano. I don't know. Any, I don't know much about this. I don't. I can't really. I can't weave a narrative or anything. I can just press a button and say, "Well, I think it's a scenario here where that's a great bet," and I feel real icky about it. She was tested for the first time beyond a mile last time in. Three starts straight to a Caulfield Cup. By a reliable man, you can understand looking to get her up in trip. But she was so sharp over fourteen hundred and a mile. It's probably maybe she doesn't stay. Put it this way: you she doesn't need it. Yeah. So interesting to see what they do with her. The big thing for me with Inspirational Girl is she, she looking back on this, it's probably going to look like a terrific bet at six fifty. You're not going to collect, but she'll probably win second up. So she's four yeah, from five second up. I don't know what that race will be. The Sunline maybe second up mile back at the Valley. Maybe maybe that's her day. Yeah. So we're going to, in terms of getting a bet out of her, you're probably going to do your cash first up, and she's going to run a ripper, and then she's that price will not be there second up. And that's when she'll probably win. Because I think she hasn't had a disjointed prep. A lot of the other Cerise and White have had niggling issues and have been really hard. But she's had a now solid foundation in the last two preps. Not a big gap either. Yeah. So yeah, I think, yeah. That's a good point. I reckon she'll run well this time in. It all feels probably a bit more not Yeah. Yeah. Oh, probably not. I'm not marking rods on. No. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> but I think she could be three. Well, I think she could be three something, not six something. Yeah. These are the best Dunno's because in some worlds you can mark them a lot shorter and in some worlds, you know, maybe she's a $10 chance, well, if not bigger. It's probably one world where she doesn't even have a price. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of horses that you don't think should have a price, mm. we roll on to our Bizarro yep. and you, you're just completely rattled by the favourite in the Pago Pago or is it the favourite in the Pango Pango? Let's go with both. <laughs> yeah, introducing, he was all in favourite. Love those markets, they're absolutely horrendous, but... He was all in favourite, which I thought was complete and utterly bizarre. And I thought, oh, usually final field, final acceptances, they'll actually trim that up and, you know, sort it out. And he opened favourite. I couldn't believe it. The debut win at Warwick Farm. Yeah, tell me about this and tell me why. So you're telling the story here, but tell me why this race, only 1,000 metre race, but comes out slow relative to the card. It's heavy. Explain. <laughs> That's why I can't explain. That's what I can't explain. Off that win... He missed the start, so then Preble had to use him to sort of make his way up on speed. He fought hard on speed to win, narrow win, but the figures were terrible. Well, Gay's had about five faster in the last two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Is it purely Gay and Adrian factor that he's open favourite? Is that what it is? It's one on debut and it's we, we, they're just 
they've been listening to the podcast. They're going with the Dunno's at tab.com.au as well, and they've just gone, I don't know, gay, probably. <laughs> yeah, probably bolting. Because you could say, look, he's only had one start, he's open and we're upside, but the rest of the market leaders have only had two starts. It's not like we've yeah. seen a lot of these horses before. And, and we've got to, like we were saying before, yeah, that's all true, but you've got to go off something. Mm. You've got very few data points to work with, and I'm telling you, the data point for introducing is slow. <laughs> oh, I can't even argue it's so true. I, Unless that 1,000-metre race is, it needs to be treated in isolation or something. What have we, is, uh, is there something we're missing here? Second and third got beat yesterday mm. at Ramwick. Kenzo, I haven't rated that race, but I'll go out on a limb and say it wasn't slipper-worthy. <laughs> <laughs> so, and having said that, you don't have to be slipper-worthy here, I wouldn't have thought, but there's... There's a bit of there's a bit going on, isn't there? Mm. Well, Beggy. Including the very much in form friend of the punters, friend of the show, Graham Begg. Absolutely flying. First start for the stable, backed off the map, did the job, ran much, much, much faster than introducing did. And the horses that have come out from behind it have won. Mm. Or and run good figures again. The horse that won in Adelaide last week. That's very different to coming out and losing again. Means something. Mm. I, yeah, it's got me beat. I, I'll be staggered. I'll be staggered if he starts inside Shinzo on the weekend. Mm, Shinzo is interesting. So he started two to one against Corniche. I thought that was quite a good race, and mm. I think Corniche is really, really solid. Corniche, I was told after saying that he was a not a bad flyer going to the slipper at odds, was is not going to the slipper. So that's he's bad odds. He's in the paddock. Yeah, that's no. He's you won't be collecting twenty fives. Is uh, massive unders. <laughs> Going to make it hard to win but from the paddock. I think that form is really, really solid. And before that, he's so, like I don't think Shinzo's a superstar, but he's a he's a pango pango horse. Mm. He reeks of pango pango, doesn't he? Well, the thing with Shinzo, he kicked off on debut. He's ran two lengths off Red Resistance, and then a length and a half off Corniche. Like he's gone straight to group racing on debut. Stinsel out of Samaretti, no surprise. Two year old yeah. colt, very valuable if he can pick one of those up. But introducing went to the midweeks in terms of. Gay's unleashed an absolute arsenal of horses in the last month or two, especially two-year-olds. Introducing his kicks off a Warwick Farm. Obviously, they had these races in mind if he was to win, but to me, it's sort of he hasn't been on the same trajectory as others. Yeah, no, I, I can't. Sadly, this week we were very in line. I can't, I can't dispute that. Mm. Mahabra and, and Shinzo, the two of them, have formed well clear. And is ba- where's bases loaded? Is he here or is he Canberra? That's the other. <laughs> Candidate for Dunno is I don't know where half these horses are running on the weekend, but his base is loaded. I think he's just here, mm. and so he's half interesting as well. Is he not through the same race? And Tim Clark booked. Obviously, a lesser chance than Shinzo, but some sort of hope. Yeah. Again, I'm just saying that because I've got a figure next to him. Right, I'm just staring at a number here that's way ahead of introducing. Bit of blue diamond form as well. Zulfika, well held but not disgraced in a blue diamond. I would think that would hold up. That's a there's an interesting horse in the size in Melbourne as well off the Blue Diamond, which straight read of things is is part in the in the mix. And it, I saw his second pick in the betting as well, but part of me thinks I'm not sure. So the I know it's only what is Zulfiga the only Blue Diamond horse running in either of the two races on Saturday? Two horses. Sorry, to, uh, Steel City is in. Ah, oh, of course, Steel City is in the the other race there. Although she didn't have a lot to do with the Blue Diamond in the end. No. Sadly, she never got a a look. But it will be interesting to see how that form stacks up because, as I said, on face value, it, it will stack up here, there and everywhere. But I'm, it's, it's going to be a pretty good Dunno category. It's going to yeah. throw up some Dunno's. It throws up a Dunno in the VRC size, I reckon. Yeah, not a stable I like having a strong opinion against. 
they're very scary. It's one on Daboo and beware the unbeaten horse. But if introducing starts favourite, I'll be staggered. Mm. Well, I don't think it's Gay's best in the race. Well, there we go. <laughs> Just quickly touching on the Magic Knight. Better than two to one around about Steel City. She started favourite in the Blue Diamond. Is that a little big? Uh, I haven't. Because of the dunno where they're going factor, I've not bothered to strain my brain just yet on these. But I, my first impression is that that's not the sort of horse I go looking for. I'm not... Um, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I, I always get a bit icky about it. It just seems almost too obvious and I I sort of don't like to go chasing the obviously unlucky runner. And as you saw, I had huge success in being very dismissive of very unlucky horses in the, the spring when... Uh, what was Chris Wallace Frankel thing that won the Mooney Valley Cup by 400 metres? Oh, yeah. It was a tragedy beaten in the... Francesco. Francesco Guardi. Tragedy beaten in the Bart Cummings. I'm like, yeah, it was a slow race. I don't know. People can make too much of being unlucky. No, nah, they, they made too little. <laughs> <laughs> Hammered off the map and they were still at the, <laughs> they were still at the Tattersalls when he won. It was an easy way to do it. At least you're out of your misery nice and early doing mm. your cash on that one. I've gone full Frank again. I've lost my train of thought. Well, oh, I tell you what I, I must add. Yep. By special request, a friend of the show, Prince Rubiton, did ask. Oh, big friend of the show. He did ask if I um, messaged him. Yep. On twitter.com, little known website that a few punters use. He wanted to know about the three international horses in the Sky High. Which is your specialty. It does look a very interesting race. It's an Adam Blanco special, this. Actually, the Australian Cup prelude, the sort of almost the like for like race in Melbourne on Saturday, is. My goodness, it's hard work. It's um, I love it. Sorry. Uh, so, let me get a sky. Let's get a sky high market up, can we? Yep. Oh, it's pretty good. This guy, <laughs> way ahead of me. Oh wow! I'll make King Frankel his favourite again. Well, we can start from the top of the betting then. Protagonist. Yeah. So protagonist is well, no, no, no. I'll rattle them off in. So in rating order, protagonist is the lowest of them. Yep. And this is all things considered. So, but so you've got magical lagoo. Well, gear up is rated one hundred and fifteen. I've got him 115. I think time form. I think I'm exactly the same. Yeah. The thing about Gear Up, I would say, is that from day dot, he has been a powerful, strong, staying horse. So he's with Mark Johnston originally, and he was a he's sort of a, I'm going to gallop you into the ground type. So Annabelle needs to put some speed in those legs. Yeah, that doesn't happen. So <laughs> <laughs> he would be best served here going forward with Annabelle. That's some sort of chance and pouring it on a bit. I think. Betting will tell us more. So he ran behind Mostadaf last start in the September stakes. That's great form. Mostadaf yep. went round in Saudi Arabia. I was going to say Bahrain. No, across the way, Saudi Arabia. And won by absolute panels. In fact, I think he was our highest rated horse of the week a he couple was. of weeks ago. And he's, I think he's now second in the betting up with Equinox in the Shima Classic. So that's real form. And he and Gear Up ran as well as he could there given it was a really slow race. So Gear Up's racing has raced since he joined Joseph O'Brien really well. And copped four slow races last. It doesn't just happen here. He copped four really jiggy joggy small fields, slow races last prep. So I don't think he's had a, a a great chance to show just how well he might still be going. And I think he's as good now as he as he ever was, and and might still be promising. But you tell me. You know these. You know the Sydney form a bit. Knight's Order is the one that jumps off the page to me as assuring that we get a real test here. Yeah, we get a real test here. You think so? I think he would love a real test. And given that, I would. I would give him some sort of chance. Well, of course he's got some sort of chance. Let me just uh, drag another number up here because I did actually spin this through. Let me let me give you a price. Let me give you a price. 
So not even not considering his peak, putting his considering his peak at the very right hand end of the tail. Like it's it's unlikely that he produces his peak. I think he's sort of a twenties chance. I think he, is he a bit bigger than that, or a bit smaller, a bit bigger in places, in places. And they'll bet bigger surely because I don't think they'll be. I don't think he's a, a horse to. I don't think he's creating any buzz, is he? No. Didn't even know he was in until someone asked me to look at him. <laughs> <laughs> no, he he might not be a horrible bet, but I think. It, would it be fair to say the betting will tell us whether he's going forward? The map man will get the map man will get their maps through and they'll be on to this. Yep. Interesting. Magical Lagoon is very very similar. Now she won an Irish Oaks, but she was a t- she won a terrible Irish Oaks. Yep. Uh, she'd won the Ribblesdale, and then so bad was the Irish Oaks that in running fifth and getting beaten the best part of six lengths at York, she ran every bit as well as she did winning the Irish Oaks which is to say that she's not really a group one horse based on that form. And then she got clouted when she you know, tried to match motors in Japan in a, in a really fast race. But she had it was Alpinista who thumped her at York, so let's be fair. It's real form. That's, that's real form. Uh, so again, she's got a number that is way in the game here, but I think it's... I mean, Waller's just trained the absolute wheels off El Bodegon and Sulcum. What's he, what's he going to do here? And her thing as well is that she's on speed and pour it on. So that doesn't. So Chris Waller fits her to the machine now. Yep. So that makes her very hard to assess because she is, she's not ready made for his machine. She might take to it. Some have. Forteller did. Forteller did. <laughs> but some don't. C. Sulcum. Yeah. <laughs> and C. Probably El Bodegon as well. I don't know. He was probably too bad to be true the other day. Maybe something happened there, but didn't take well, three months on. You know, the wheels have come off. Yep. So I, d- I just don't think Magical Lagoon will be even given a chance to to run as well as she might, and so therefore I don't. She looks the least likely, even though she's not the least talented or the least when the least talented on ratings is protagonist, who's second pick, but he runs for Haggis and Mc- and J Mac, and who goes and gets J Mac for the job. Uh, so Solcom is a nice little test. Solcom did run well here for Haggis. <laughs> Uh, and he's had a little bit of success down here, was he? he it wasn't this race, it was the Manion Cup, but he won it with Young Rascal. Well, was that good star he had went all right? Dave, he's got Dubai Honor down here who will be just the cheapest comparison of all time in all press and all punditry. Dubai Honor is just a Dave. Well, he goes to the Rambit V gold he, trip. He's not as good as a Dave. Gear up, that Mosterduff race, that Dubai Honor shaped really well in that Mosterduff race, the September stakes at Kempton where Gear Up comes through. That's why I'm saying... To mix it with those when I don't think that's what he that's his pace scenario is a it's pretty good form he's pretty good gear up, but it's all scenario based. Protagonist on the other hand, so protagonist has just found twelve pounds for joining Haggis. What a what an advertisement for how good he is that is because it's come off Jessica Harrington as well, which is no no duffer. Yeah, he'd been tried here there everywhere all ground all trips, all yeah he'd even had a flick over the hurdles, and then he just joins Haggis finds a stone. And his last start, he bumps into Algiers, who's been one of the absolute stars of the Dubai Carnival switch to dirt and is currently second pick in the Dubai World Cup market. Protagonist is racing him last start. Marching Army is third. Marching Army had just beaten Ottoman Fleet and Warren Point. Ottoman Fleet has just banged up ratings in the high teens in Dubai. Warren Point is useful and had run second to Russian Emperor in that other one of those countries, Qatar. Yep. And I think he won in Bahrain as well. So the form around that race from protagonist is, mm, mm, 
you just have to treat him as a all new, new and improved version for for Haggis. If he's just his Haggis form, he's an outstanding chance here. I would say. Sunshine and Rising. We've seen him three times in Australia, but formerly in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. How does he stack up off that first up run? First up ish at Sandown. Um, I've now removed all Hong Kong form. Yep. From the array, Sunshine Rising is now to be treated as the Australian version, and that sees his price with me tumble right out, which is a funny one because I backed him last start and thought he ran quite well and the figures out of that race are good and yet I've just massive downgrade yeah. because it's a, a case now of, okay, well, he's run three times and essentially run three much the same figures in Australia and they're well short of his Hong Kong yeah. numbers. So it seems and he is nine. It's more, and more It's becoming more and more unlikely that he'll get back to that level. I think so. I think so. They'd be happy enough with how he ran the other day and I think he, he got shuffled back at the wrong time. Yeah. Like He's probably a bit better than that form, but I think now it's getting optimistic to say that the Hong Kong form has anything to do with sunshine rising and i reckon part of the reason like i backed him and and included his hong kong form strongly last start because i thought that was i thought they were having a real go there i thought that was a little target they found a race that he could really have a have a rip at and he did if he runs better than that i'm not expecting it to be much better than that yeah and i suppose just lastly no compromise he was really good first up yeah he was terrific first up (laughs) (laughs) no he was he was a he was an eye catcher, and the splits somewhat matched the visual. Yeah. So, who is favourite for you? Uh, well, interesting one. So, protagonist in there, but I've actually got one ahead, and that is at big odds, Zarek. But he is a dunno. I think he's coming here. That's why I think he's a dunno. So it's sort of a bit of a um, it'll be protagonist by the time yep. we get to there. Zarek is interesting because he draws the the car park here, and I don't really. I'm just using that. For the first up number is good, and I noticed that. Yeah, I. It probably doesn't matter because, as I said, I don't think he's running in this race. I think he's running in Camry. Might not. From 14, I'd say he's coming here. Yeah. But it's interesting that he's 14s because mm. the first up win was pretty good, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm trying to remember what he beat. Crosstalk, who's since won at Newcastle. Oh, yeah. So that's at 1,400 and he has gone 14 to 2,000 and peaked in one second up in the past. Yep. Target. And yeah. So I don't – I that seems – that's a bit surprising that he would be – that price. Would you agree with that? Yeah, it's a price that says he's not running. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does a bit, doesn't it? Yeah. Although if he's not running, don't they like to squeeze them up so they can deduct the hell out of it? No, oh, they did it with Osipenko last weekend. Cheeky, cheeky. Cheeky, cheeky. Uh, do you have a best for us? Uh, have you got a best for us in Sydney? Yeah, keen obviously on Mahaba with introducing, creating a bit of juice there on him. But I think... One of the gambles of the day. You're going to hate this. But I think it is Espiona in the Coolmore. So sent around two to one favourite in this race last year. Well, I've got to stop you. She doesn't like Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> so interestingly enough, she was two to one last year. She only rises a kilo this year. And she actually hits it off the same rating she went into it last year. Is she better now than she was 12 months ago? I still think there's a chance she is better than that rating. And the fact she's now come back and done it at four tells me it's not like she was ahead of the curve at three. So she, at least she's come back to the level that she was at three. And you'd be surprised if people think she's not better than that. Her sectionals at Sandown suggest there is more to come with her. I'll give you that was a nice stepping stone. Yeah. And now drawn six, Mickey D. In form. In form. And Hinge, for instance, she meets far better off at the weights. Hinge has gone on to be 
higher performed, yes. But it is interesting looking at last year, the difference in opinion. She was two to one last year. You're getting double figures this year. Oh, she was pecking order way ahead of Hinged. Mm. And now she's going to meet Hinged far better at the weights. As she should. Yep. But she hasn't blown a handicap either. And I think there is a chance she's going to springboard off that mark. If she does, for me, she's in the finish. Ana Visto is the big query on the race because if she runs up to that first up rating, she's obviously the one to beat. But 15 and similar to Imperatrice's last start, she ran too fast for me to think she's going to repeat it. Emancipation, Newcastle, last year, off the same race, flatlined and then ran second in the Queen of the Turf. But yep. she flattened off the Francis Tressidy, which is, you know, the record of Francis Tressidy mares in the Coolmore. They're winning like twice their share. Typhoon Tracy did that double and one other. <laughs> <laughs> but from a select group, they've, um, they've punched pretty well. Mm. You mentioned Marzu in the new market. I find it similar with Hinged. She's going to run well in this race. She invariably runs well in every race. She's going to run with money on too. Is she? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So she'll run well, but I'd rather back Espion. I think there's a a sneaky She's a good handicap flyer. Yeah. I'll give you that. 18 to 1 with me. I'll be betting at Adam bet then, hopefully. Sadly, you've been limited. Swinging down your way, I mean, you've marked Private Eye two to one, so you'll be absolutely throwing the suitcase at him. But away from Private Eye, do you have another best, or is he obviously he's the biggest gamble of the day? Well, it's a good betting card. Be a few other few other throws at the stumps. Uh, I will make my best for the sake of being more entertaining than Private Eye. Meridius in the last four, Lloyd Kennewell. Ooh, doesn't feel <laughs> don't, doesn't feel with confidence. No, well, you desperately want to find, but. Uh, it's sort of thrown in my face. I f- how do I get him out of there? Can't ignore it. Mm, I can't ignore it. He is. He was okay first up, and I d- he'll just improve on that. I think he's in the mix off that run with minimal improvement. And then I'm looking at it was running. So what do you what do you what do you make of a figure behind Af Cabin there in a in a hailstorm? Oh, nothing. Yeah, he did run as stupid as it sounds. He's beaten less than two lengths in the Guineas, and he was beaten less than five in the Coolmore after that. So the number actually holds up through a couple of runs. So I can't chuck it out. Uh, and if he runs to it, he's got the better of these a lot of the time. Yep. So I think there is uh, – I show really good value on him at sort of five fifty six dollars I think, as I said, even off the first – even even, tre- even being on the downside with him, I don't think it's a bad bet. And if you're on the, if you're on the high side with him, well, you, you see really – Unbelievable value there. Unbelievable to the point where I don't believe it. It's not true, but <laughs> but it doesn't need to be. It just need, I'm directionally right. Yeah. And yeah, that's a that's a big price, I think. Yeah. Just circling back though, you did mark Private Eye two to one, and I haven't seen you this up and about in oh like actually years. I'm gonna say. Really? Yeah, you're jacked for you because you usually yeah uh, you you don't really get up and about. You pretend on the podcast, but. <laughs> No, this is the most jacked I've seen you. So no, I, I'm a big I'm a big new market fan. Yeah, I think you're a big private eye new market fan. I am a big private eye new market fan. This all feels pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I haven't felt this good about a Joe Pride sprinter for seven days. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, Eduardo, he was home. Why did I do that to us? What a way to sign out. Anyway, that wraps us up. We'll be back with the review show on Tuesday because we will be at Canberra Cup on Monday. Looking forward to the Black Opal run on Sunday. We'll have a better idea of the field on Saturday. And Zarek has drawn 
13 in the Canberra Cup and 14 in Sydney. So I'm actually not sure which way he's going to go. Canberra Racing Club is hoping he comes to Canberra. They generally have a runner in the Canberra Cup, so usually that would be the way they go. But we'll watch this space and see what happens Saturday morning at scratching time. But being proud Canberrans, we're very excited for the Black Opal Canberra Cup weekend. I think it is the best weekend in Canberra by the length of the Acton Strait. But one other thing we are excited about is the Melbourne Cup Tour. Yep, we sure are. So register your interest to get the Melbourne Cup in your backyard or, better yet, local club or destination at melbournecuptour.com.au. I reckon let's push punters. All the listeners, I want you to get on to our tweet that we send out and like it for us to get the Melbourne Cup to Blanco Manor. (laughs) 